everyone, welcome to Beyond the Dance Floor podcast, a place to learn more about what goes on beyond what you see on the dance floor. It's about mentality, history, and how the skills you learn in breaking or the arts in general can apply more broadly to the rest of your life. Today we talk with one of the important figures in Canadian breaking history, Boob Jester from Dangerous Goods, Maximum Efficiency Crew, Wintour Massive, and Unity Charity. Boob Jester shares information on some of the early days of Winnipeg breaking, coming from central Canada and being able to experience the east and west coast styles of Canadian breaking, building community and more. He is a proud proponent of Canadian breaking and has been a huge figure in helping bridge the different communities within the very spread out country of Canada and continues to do so to this day. If you didn't know him before, now you do. Remember the name and enjoy the talk. Peace. All right, we're here with Boob Jester, Bob, uh, we'll, we'll definitely have to get into that name and where that comes from. Let's get it all. Let's talk about it all. Boob Jester, Dangerous Goods, Maximum Efficiency, Wintour, Massive, Unity Charity. Thanks for taking the time to have a little chat and share your story, share some stories with us. Yeah. Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, yeah. your, your congratulations on this uh, podcast, webcast that you do. <laughs> Yeah. Got a lot of followers and uh, yeah. everybody's listening, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I've been, it's been falling behind a bit lately, but still trying to keep it going and, and just have people share their stories because I think it's important. So speaking of sharing stories, uh, for anyone who doesn't know yeah. who you are, do you mind kind of just introducing yourself and letting people know who you are? All right. Well, my name is Bob, a.k.a. B-Boy Boob Jester, represent Dangerous Goods, MEC, Winter Massive Unity Charity, coming out of Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. We're currently living in Toronto, Aurora, Ontario, uh, and just uh, just blessed to be alive during this time. You know what I'm saying? It's been a long time dancing, and uh, hopefully, I can answer all the questions and all that good stuff. So <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, first things first. Can you get into a bit of like the history of? where your name comes from? Because it's always one, okay. one of the most interesting names that I've seen in the breaking world. Well, that's what it is. You know? I come from a generation where you should come with something original. It's all about originality back yeah, in the days. Yeah. And uh, the story goes, uh, I started I started breaking in 1994 uh, with my first crew called Mischief. I'll loop it into like a little bit of history sure, sure. about myself too. So. And... Uh, uh, my first breaking name was Bones because I was super skinny back in the day. <laughs> so, so it was Bones for like a good like two months. Uh, shout out to Benzo because his first breaking name was also Bones. <laughs> um, and then uh, I was watching one of my one of my favorite movies from the '80s was uh, Top Gun. And uh, there's a pilot. Uh, one of the one of the instructors, his name was Jester. Right, right. So, so I thought that was really cool. I was like, oh, that's cool, Jester, and like Jester like to entertain on the floor or something like that, you know. Mm -hmm. Just I'm like 14 years old, little kid, <laughs> and um, I think a couple years in, around like 96, 97, I found out there was another Jester in Toronto. That's oh, that's right. <laughs> it was Jazzy Jester. Um, so I, I was like, okay, well, 
I'm never gonna go there and battle them because it's like Toronto's so far away. I'm like this 16 year old kid, so I was like, I I figured uh, I just put boob in front of my name. So boob is what my friends call me. It's a hybrid uh, evolution of Bob throughout the years. So Bob, boob, Robert, everything that. But boob is boob is the one that stick that stuck, and uh, what kind of solidified boob jester was uh, Asian Avenue. It was kind of like <laughs> it was my name for Asian Avenue. It was Boob Jester because I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna hybrid it into one. And it wasn't at first. It wasn't meant to be my breaking name, but after after I found out that about Jester, then I was like, okay, well, Boob Jester, I guess. Like it it's a, it has nothing to do with juggling boobs or anything like that. <laughs> boobs. So nothing perverted or anything. It was just a hybrid of my of Bob and Jester, uh, my breaking name originally. Shout out to Jazzy Jester too. So, so that so that's kind of like how Boob Jester became. And and I also thought it was funny. I was like, what if I become a famous Bebo and then they just know me as? They'll always remember this one name that we'll never forget. <laughs> so Boob Jester, there it is. That's how it became. It's definitely one of a kind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I th always like that. The idea of like like where people's names come from and some people have like really cool like oh it means all it has this deep meaning and yeah. all this stuff and then some names are just kind of like it's just you kind of fell into it sort yeah. of yeah and like yeah you know it just it just stuck and it doesn't necessarily have this like cool intricate whatever deep meaning it was just kind of like that's just yeah the name that they called you it's like a nickname yeah. or something or or I just... think it's like, um, like we're breaking, like traditionally someone's supposed to give you a name. I've seen somebody pick their own names. Mm -hmm. I think these days people are just using their name, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, B-boy, Jimmy. I know something in there, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, yeah, this yeah. is what it is. Um, but I think uh, either way, uh, once you get a name and it sticks, then that's you. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Can you get into a little bit about like how you got into breaking and <clears throat> and kind of your your journey so far? Yeah, totally. Let's. Um, so, like I said before, like I think in Winnipeg, uh, breaking our, our dancing was just a big part of like um, of Filipino culture, uh, pop culture, urban culture. Mm -hmm. of us growing up we have like uh one of the largest filipino populations per capita in That's winnipeg right. in like uh, <laughs> north america so it's really really interesting place to have that kind of demographic but uh but it's always since i could remember like it's always been part of like traditional filipino dancing and and uh choreo, uh, choreo like hip-hop dancing group dancing group styles new jack swing was all, all always the craze and even before uh that was uh breaking which uh a lot of it started with the filipinos in the in the 1980s far, probably far back like 84 it was probably the first cruise in in winnipeg uh Damn. winnipeg dynamic and midnight breakers so they were they were they were a lot of the influence uh growing up as a teenager a filipino teenager in winnipeg so i started dancing like just doing anything dance around like 1990 91 like running mans and stuff you know you're a little kid your brother's doing it it's being done at parties but actual breaking did start in like 
1994. And around that time, every, every high school kind of had like a breaking cruise. So there was about a good like 10, 15 breaking cruise, like full Filipino breaking cruise in, in Winnipeg. It's pretty intense. Um, so it, it, it was all the crazy. We weren't like hip hop heads or anything like, like yo, I'm hip hop culture. It's just like, yo, he's spinning on his head. That's fucking cool. I want to do that myself. Can I swear on this podcast? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, perfect. So, so around that time, uh, like it was really popular and around 96, 97 kind of died out a little bit. It turned into, oh, you still break dance. That's not, a, mm-hmm. that's not a thing anymore. And I kind of, I slowed down too, but I think a lot of people were just kind of, Hey, can you still do your windmill and stuff like that? So it was really cool to just kind of like, like, uh, just like continue to dance with a couple of, couple of my crew members. My first crew was Mischief Crew, Mischievous Tricks. Um, back at, from 95 to like 96, 94 to 96. And, uh, my friend, one of my friends went to Calgary and brought, brought back a tape, uh, Battle of the Year 96. And that's the first time we saw like, like European, like breaking mm. and power moves. Cause ba- power back in the day, like their only influences were like Beat Street, break in, uh, maybe some videos from Cali, right. uh, with like Jughead's crew and stuff like that. And, uh, and then Bag of Tricks on, on uh, Much Music were kind of like the only videos access or whatever videos were showing. And then when he came with Battle Year 96, we started seeing like power combos, like Flare 90s. Yeah, yeah. First time I ever saw like Baby Mills or cork, we call it Corkscrews in Winnipeg. Hmm. Uh, so it was like really cool to, uh, to experience that. And that kind of like motivated us to like, motivated me specifically to learn the Baby Mills because I was like, yo, that's really cool. So. So that's how I kind of got back into breaking a lot more. And then by the time it was like 90, 90, 98, 99, some of the first breaking battles were happening again. Because back in the day in Winnipeg, we used to battle at a, at a mall called Garden City, where all the, all the teens used to go and we'd break in the parking lot, pull out cardboard, <laughs> back up. And then that was the jam. Like there was no jams. And the people didn't throw jams and we'd battle on, uh, on the on the cardboard and it's like super shitty breaking we're only been breaking for like seven eight months so it's like we all had to do like one move a backspin nice. so, and then i think that that kind of like evolved into so fast forward to 98 battles happened uh that's 98 was when we started our second crew uh good foot good foot crew which is funny because that is a good foot crew in japan but uh, we had right. we I, I was part of a crew called Goodfoot between 1999 and 2001, 98 and 2001, which is kind of like um, by that time all of breaking has kind of died out in Winnipeg, hmm. and we were like just this random breaking crew with and I think there was one younger crew called Trick Kids, which is which um, Arthur, Ricky, and Phil and some of the younger guys in Dangerous Kids are part of. They were kind of like the younger generation of breakers along with Goodfoot crew. Which kind of for, eventually formed two crews into Dangerous Goods, and that's mm-hmm. that's kind of like how they, that formed. We can talk about DGC after that, but uh, and uh, DGC is kind of like where where that was like the where we tried to set the standard for Winnipeg breaking and tried to come up with our own styles, and mm-hmm. that goes on into the future. But but yeah, that's kind of like the '90s for me. Mm-hmm. a little bit for the mm-hmm. for for the 90s generation and then dangerous kids is like a whole another thing that we can talk about if you have <laughs> yeah. questions about that <clears throat> um yeah i mean we can 
we can get into that right now if you want. No, well, <laughs> if you want to, if you want to keep going, <laughs> yeah, we can do that. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, like around like 2000, between 98 and 2000, there's like there'd be like one jam a year in Winnipeg. Uh, uh, one specifically was the annual Mid Canada Breaking Battle, and uh, the what you call it, Break for Bread. Um, which is oh, one yeah. of the longest running breaking jams in Winnipeg Yeah, uh, from 1999. And probably, uh, I think the last one was done in 2014. So, so it was, there, there was a trend where breakers, there's people kind of like lightly breaking, you know, but never took it seriously. Like how kind of we compete now. <clears throat> it's just like, okay, break for bread's coming. Like, let's train like two, two weeks before breaking break for bread. And then, whatever moves I remember, we're going to do it. Right. So, but, uh, I think with my crew, good foot and trick kids, we wanted to break all year long and we just didn't want to wait for one jam a year. So mm -hmm. both of our crews eventually died out in terms of going back to school, starting families or just getting into bad shit. And, uh, there was like three of them left on that on trick kids and four of us from the, uh, from good foot. And we figured, Let's go battle in Calgary and rep one last time because I don't know if we're, there's going to be any more breaking in Winnipeg, period. And that was like 2002, February yeah. 2002, Damn. February 9th, 2002, <laughs> to be exact. We drove across the country to Calgary with these young kids and uh, we, we kept seeing the dangerous good sign, um, which is kind of like toxic chemicals, like uh, just weird shit that people drive on the highway and they take a separate route because it's, uh, because it's all fucked up. And, uh, we just kept seeing it as like, yeah, that'd be cool to enter as dangerous goods if it's our last time. And then we went to, we went to compete at battle of a uh, battle of Alberta back in 2002, which, uh, at that time, like there was crews like constant mayhem, kind of original roots. They were kind of defunct. They were like the older cats, hmm. but then they all kind of like constant mayhem floor stylers and, originally is kind of meshed into one crew, just all original roots. So they're kind of like the crews from what I remember. Um, then uh, I know Van Vancouver repped at that time, which was like, like the now soul felons, but back in the day, like stream of chasers. So like G1, Rob Felon, right. um, the, some of the body language guys uh, came out like Kean and James. Uh, smoothie <laughs> i'm just throwing out like these man i haven't said those names in forever but they were there i just kind of trying to show you uh, like tell you what kind of like dancers were out at that point at that time so that, that yeah. they were kind of out there repping that the west coast shit and then we got the edmonton cats like Cree and james and ridiculously like their crew mm -hmm. so that it was a it's pretty cool and then we had us random winnipeg guys so so we went there, we repped as DGC and we're like, you know what, this motivated us to like dance more and continue to dance. And we, we kind of like that jam kind of made it official for us to be a crew. Mm. So, so that's kind of like where dangerous gets started. And, you know, like, and then cats like Lesser and Kyle joined. And then like a couple of few years later, we got like Candace and doodles and truth and spook. Um, so, so we have about, we have 14 members in our crew, 14, 15. Right. And yeah, people like Arnold along the way, like just cats. And we've just tried to rep 
I think the, the whole philosophy of DGC is, um, and Winnipeg too as well, Winnipeg Breaking is just, we've, uh, it was all about, it was all about trying to be original no matter what it looked like. Mm -hmm. We motivated each other when we practiced with each other. It's not like, oh, let's create, let's recreate some sort of text that the whole crew does. It was like, how am I going to look different from Dark Mark or mm -hmm. Arthur mm -hmm. or fucking Truth? Like, why should I look like them? I want to do something. They do something crazy. It's like, yo, I'm going to fucking do something even more. Can do some, you know, yeah, like yeah. try and try and create. Right. So, mm -hmm. so that like trying to be original combined with like making it look effortless and smooth was uh, a, one of the other things like we always tried to do in our crew and, and just said, and, and just rep where we're from, you know, like Winnipeg mm -hmm. is a, Winnipeg's a dope city, community, culture, arts. And it's also a rough city too, as well. Mm -hmm. uh, where, where like most of my crew come from, like different parts of the hoods in Winnipeg. So, um, you know, a lot of our, a lot of, a lot of our friends, uh, like they grew up doing other things that we, we, we just kind of like okay that's what you do you do your thing we're all we're all friends we're all cool and they still right. support us you know because yeah. uh, because it's easy to go in another direction in winnipeg you know so breaking mm -hmm. kind of kept it pretty tight for us and and kept us motivated to, to be like there has to be another way there has to be an out other than like being uh being uh going to school or being like some sort of drug dealer or gang just shit like that you know so yeah yeah, yeah. kind of falling between and just, prove to everybody and just repping Winnipeg we're a small city and we want to show that us uh, smaller cats uh, city cats can can really rep and create and mm -hmm. uh, really motivate our community to be like yo y'all can like step out of Winnipeg too and go across the country and go compete here and there and try yeah. and do something you know so yeah that's kind of like the motivation for me at least and to keep on repping yeah and I, I really think you guys you guys did that like I don't know I maybe other people have this feeling and it's not just breaking. It's like, I always feel like Canada has this sort of like, what do you call it? Almost like inferiority complex toward yeah. like compared to like, say America, the U S mm -hmm. and it's like, there's so many good dancers in Canada, but you don't really notice it until like they make it somewhere else or something like that. Yeah. But like, until like when I was starting out and like kind of like midway through my whatever career or whatever, it was like the people that were known that you knew about in Canada that like made a name. Most of the time it was the people from Toronto. Yeah. And uh, I remember like, I think I had met a couple guys. I think at this point, like Arthur had already moved out to Vancouver. And so I was like, met him a little bit and Arnold was out there too. Mm -hmm. already <clears throat> and uh yeah but i i remember you you guys released like a crew trailer or something like that <laughs> back when i guess that was still a thing like i don't know if people still do that anymore yeah maybe it's on like instagram people make something <laughs> <or whatever. laughs> but yeah you guys made this thing and i was just like i don't know it, I really got like a feel of what your crew was like and, and mm -hmm. the vibe that you guys are all about. And you, like you said, everyone looked really different and you could see that, that like, you guys tried to have your own, not just as a crew in general, but like each individual style. And, yeah. uh, and then just the vibe like that you guys had was like, just rep who you are, rep where you're from, that kind of thing. And like, 
you know let people know that you exist kind of thing like yeah. we're here and like it's important you yeah it's important to represent like that you know like and i think like especially now with so much access to like all this footage and instant gratification of watching live streams and stuff it's mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. you don't really don't get to like bubble in your own little world and and try yeah. and create you know like uh which is what i missed back in the day is just being with the crew and just blasting the music and just fucking mm -hmm. blowing and vibing out freestyling you know so it, it is important to rep where you're from and i think that like me and my crew uh we hold a lot of integrity with what we represent as one as people from winnipeg and whatever saskatoon wherever anybody else but more, more importantly what we rep as a as a crew, we walked with that on our shoulders, both mm -hmm. east and west, mm -hmm. and and uh, got got that respect. And uh, you know, like uh, yeah, Winnipeg is kind of like the bridge between between east and west too. And yeah, we really yeah. want to try and connect both sides and continue to have those conversations. And and you know, so I'm I'm like we're blessed to kind of experience the west coast breaking and be influenced like by by like a lot of my influences are from like Vancouver from the very beginning, like with contents under pressure and straight no chaser. And, uh, and also seeing some of the young cats grow from Vancouver mm. along with, uh, along with like all the Cal Calgary cats. And then you go all the way to the East with like bag tricks and Boogie brats and MEC and supernaturals. Like everybody's super dope on mm. both sides. And you can kind of like, you can see a certain style or the way a city moves Mm -hmm. um when you, go, when you go across the country so i spent a lot of my career traveling within canada because i was like fuck everybody's so quick to go to la or florida or new york mm -hmm. i was like yo man there's so much talent within your country why don't you support that and that's something i've been doing for many many years going mm -hmm. between east and west i've been to honestly maybe two or maybe just two three breaking jams in the states in my whole life really like, yeah, I've, I've never, only like Minnesota, um, Minnesota and like freestyle session. That's it. Like like in 2014 in Minnesota in like 2008. I don't think I've really gone out any other mm -hmm. time. I spend most of my time going to Toronto and repping out there and yeah. or going to Calgary and whatnot. And yeah. uh, it's also just like building within the communities as well. Yeah. So, so yeah, I don't know. Like, but, but you've seen a lot, you know, everybody has their own experience. Uh, in their breaking and their own influences, but that's what Winnipeg and Dangerous Goods was all about. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think that's a really interesting <clears throat> thing to kind of just bring up. You know, I don't know. Maybe a lot of people don't even really think about it that much, but like, Canada is such a big country, but there's not a lot of people, and it, like, <laughs> people are kind of like spread out and stuff. And like, yeah, um a lot harder to to travel around but it's kind of cool of like winnipeg being like you said winnipeg being that um sort of bridge between the east and the west mm -hmm. yeah and uh and you know it's i like you said it's a really like i guess sort of fortunate thing to be able to experience both of those like more yeah. easily than or you kind of like because you're in the middle no, it you is. see it's that true. difference right it's true like because we were in the center we were able to experience both sides like mm -hmm. and we had a lot of good friends on both sides like when we had our dangerous goods anniversary back in 09 we put like filthy feet people against mc yeah. people but they didn't know who the fuck each other were really yeah yeah like who's this who's nastic who's uh handles who's yeah who's rory and fucking <laughs> silly you know like but yeah. then we put them but we knew 
Yeah. I was yeah. like, yo, we should make these guys battle. Yeah. And and it, and then after that, like, you know, and they they all know each other well and they continue to like know each other. So so it's it's just things like that. Like we hmm. we just have a certain angle from of breaking where I mean for us that if anybody asks us, do you rep east or you rep west? No, we just say, yo, we rep Winnipeg and that's it. Yeah. We ain't yeah, trying yeah. to there's a lot of all of them. You can see guys are like, yo, man, you're East Coast. Like from <laughs> the guys in the West, yo, man, you're West Coast. Like, nah, we're Winnipeg. We do our own thing, you know? Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to get everybody. We're cool. But don't yeah, fuck yeah. with us. <laughs> <laughs> but that's like, that's one, one um, battle that I'm trying to, I'm trying to find footage of, because you guys set up like Rory against Nastic. And I think there's a footage of that somewhere out there. And then yep. Mark against... Uh, uh handles handles yeah and i think there's footage of that maybe but there was a battle like after at like an after party outside oh on yeah the street it's on youtube i'll, I'll send you it yeah, you gotta send me. i couldn't find it but it's like i don't know i i have such fond memory like i wasn't there at that one but just that kind of thing like that's yeah. something that i miss as like part of the breaking community is like people just mm -hmm. You know, like competitions are great and they're, they push people to get better and stuff like that. But these, those kind of things where it's like spontaneous, you didn't plan it, it just happened somewhere. And like people yeah. not necessarily like caring, they care, but they don't care. Like, they're like, fine, I'll battle you here on, on the concrete. And it's kind of like, yeah. just ridiculous that yeah. it's happening. But that's what kind of makes it cool. And there's like these stories that happen and, yeah, people were like banging on the garbage yeah. cans or something to like make drums and stuff. And yeah, yeah. no, it, that vibe is like, like I said, like, like even like with uh, right now with Winter Massive, which is kind of like our current, it's kind of <laughs> like a kids MEC hybrid crew, mm -hmm. but more for like more uh, producing events, like mm -hmm. creating, creating opportunities. And we all remember what that used to feel like. Mm -hmm. So that's why when when we when Winter Massive throws an event, we want to just create that vibe again. The things that we used to remember. Yeah. Um, I think I think if you look in the right places, you can find that vibe. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. But definitely, Winnipeg is just one of those. It's a party city too, as well. Like mm -hmm. you hang out with us, you'll get drunk and you'll party all night long. And um, but uh, but uh, and that's why that's why like I think with DGC, like we we enjoy breaking we. We love it. It's intense when it's time to get it done right. But mm -hmm. at the same time, we never took it too, too serious where it's mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm going to be the best in the world kind of type shit. Yeah. It's more like, yeah, let's go. Let's go break. I was like, oh, did we win? Nope, we lost. Okay, let's go drink. You know, like shit like that. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. We don't take anything too, too much to heart uh, in terms of winning or losing. It's just kind of like, okay, well, we rep what we rep. You know, like a lot of it was just like, because that, like you said, that inferiority complex of, like you know, we want to represent, but we don't. We don't know if we're gonna fucking win. We're just fucking yeah, from Winnipeg, right? Especially mm -hmm. if, like when you go to like Vancouver, like Toronto, Montreal. It's like mm, we don't know, but we're just gonna <laughs> rep how we rep. So yeah, but I, what think, I don't know. I've always had this opinion, and maybe like who knows? You maybe if you want to be the best, you have to have the mentality of like, I want to win at whatever and. Yeah all costs or i don't know whatever it is like you gotta have a certain <laughs> mentality to be one of those yeah. like top 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 people but you know like i think there's a lot to be said about that the mentality that you guys had and i mm -hmm. share that too of like you try and 
do do what you do best and you know if it if it works and people like it then they like it if they don't then they don't but you know as long as yeah. you're satisfied it's like self-satisfaction you that's what it is you enjoyed that's exactly it what... and yeah yeah like i think uh i think just yeah doing what you want to do because even now like it's so like uh it's so geared towards winning competition mm -hmm. and adhering your style to like okay calculated power style top rock blow up at the end you know two minute set you know shit yeah. man yeah. back in the day like people do like three moves and then crash and be like ah it's awesome you know like, like it's it's so different right like that shit yeah. the shit we used to do like would never fly now because people were crashing all over the place sometimes yeah yeah but, yeah. Uh, but that's the evolution and uh i think at the end of the day you kind of have to choose what direction what kind of breaker you want to be what kind of mm -hmm. b-boy you know yeah because like now there's more opportunities back in the day there wasn't two jams three jams a year now you got like bc1 and you got the olympics and silverback you know like there's so mm -hmm. much thing or you can be the raw b-boy that just wants to be in the dark corner and just like for yeah. all night like yeah, stuff, exactly. like it's all there you know like i'm not hating on I'm about the mm -hmm. evolution it's all there fucking mm -hmm. do it like you want to be raw go be raw you know like yeah as yeah. long as but the essence of it is being a b-boy always be ready to be called out and that's just it mm. or be ready to battle because battling is in the blood of breakdancing you know and that goes anywhere you go like whether it's like in the cypher or in competition you know like or if you're judging you know like at the end of the day like just be ready because somebody will just call you out win or lose don't be afraid mm -hmm. to lose too you know you'll learn a lot about yourself yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah i i can't remember who i was talking to but yeah like the more you i really feel like the more you get into breaking mm -hmm. or just anything really like but especially breaking because it's like when you're either you're in a competition or if you're in a cypher or and even if it's just dancing or if you're in a battle like you're always kind of putting yourself out there yeah and sh like you're kind of exposing yourself to <laughs> Yeah. it's a very vulnerable moment of like you're out there this is what you do this is your these are your ideas and everyone's watching it and in a sense like judging it in a sense yeah not necessarily like oh this guy sucks or whatever but they're watching you and they're making an, an opinion of what you're doing and yeah. this yeah. kind of thing right so like yeah it is kind of like in a way you've you learn a lot about yourself like you said or yeah or you gotta you or you just start to think about that or you you know whatever it's kind of like you can be introspective and and in mm -hmm. a lot of ways it can be very therapeutic for you depending how you look at it and stuff like that and yeah yeah i think uh, um like and and that's that's the whole point of like the work with like unity cherry and blueprint and all these right, other right. great organizations across the floor is once you once you get to a certain point in your dance as a as an artist as a dancer like you really realize how like in, internally it changes you and uh the way you think and the way you apply it to like uh, other things in your life and uh and that's 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 what i've learned ultimately me and my crew is just like it's not not about the dance anymore the dance is what helped us give us give us a way of thinking about life you know mm -hmm. so I, I, that's what I hope people get from from this dance. I mean, past because I, I I like I have my own like curriculum of teaching and stuff. Like when I teach my own like intermediate advanced breaking, and I always say at the very beginning, you're like this hungry b boy, 
that's just like smoke everybody be smoke be cocky do whatever the fuck you want and then there there comes a time when you learn your flow execution originality it goes down the line power moves foundation and then at the very end like you come to a place where it's like you have epiphanies of your own breaking words it's like oh yeah this is connected if i work hard you can be dope and i can apply this to school right so mm-hmm. so like i think that's the biggest lesson that everybody should take away cuz i'll guarantee you right now like it's a really hard to be a career b-boy mm-hmm. but you can really learn something from this dance and really apply it to everything else that you're going to do moving forward in your life you know what i'm saying so yeah. that's that's what i think like some of the valuable lessons that are but hey if you're if you're the hot shit right now yo go for it you know what i'm saying yeah yeah you're, so I think that I think that's that the, the mentality is such an important thing, mm-hmm. and uh, but there's so, there's so much to talk about all that stuff. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I just stop. <laughs> but yeah, like transferable skills, the the mentality that led you to be a, mm-hmm. a great dancer can help you to be a great, you know, whatever you're deciding to do. If you yeah. want to become a doctor, or you want to be, or if you just not even like whatever, if you want to just work a job whatever it yeah. is like i want to you know be a butcher or a, or a whatever i want to be a garbage man that's or whatever that's like the job that you fall into but like you can take that yeah. same mentality and like yeah do it 100 percent and do it well and you be good at what you do mm-hmm. whatever it is it doesn't matter yeah. what it is yeah and i think uh and you said a very important thing about uh breaking being very therapeutic because i know I know the dance, like I, I, I had a strong belief, like I always said to myself, like, no matter what happens in my life, like breaking will like never break up with me or <laughs> and things like that. And I've used it for in times where, you know, I was going through rough patches, you know, like, mm-hmm. like uh, my dad passing away and things like that. And mm-hmm. uh, like long time ago, and I was like, I did, I remember breaking after that, and I couldn't even feel my body moving and stuff. So but it's it's a way to get out your your stress, your anger, and things like that. And uh, mm. and uh, you know, like um, my wife Virginia, she's like she's like a expressive arts therapist too as well. And shout out to Virginia. Um, and she she really breaks down the 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 somatics, the somatic therapy of dance, like how how deep it can get, and how your body has pulled that trauma. And you need mm-hmm. to find ways to release it. So so yeah. I think um, I think. Yeah, and and it goes into like that's what that's what that work with like Unity Charity and Blueprint of really finding an outlet and uh, figuring out way to ways to express it and start those conversations. Just like you said, like you're putting your you're being vulnerable with your style, you're showing it to people. It's the same thing with your with your feelings and emotions. Like sometimes mm-hmm. people don't want to do that, mm-hmm. but uh, eventually, like um, through this dance and through arts, you can really experience like finding that identity and finding that safer place to like kind of do those things so mm-hmm. so i think like the, the work that unity charity and blueprint places like graffiti gallery in winnipeg and um mm-hmm. you know montreal and vancouver have a lot of dope dope initiatives too as well in calgary like everybody's everybody's kind of like it's like we've created a whole another industry for of for for us as dancers mm-hmm. and us as hip-hop heads yeah. to work within the communities right yeah because we recognize how valuable this shit is to us you know mm-hmm and like I don't know, maybe this is a Canadian bias, and I just know a lot of people in Canada and what they're up to and stuff like yeah. that. But I feel like there's there's a lot like that kind of aspect of 
breaking or whatever of doing that kind of work with say hip hop or breaking there's a lot of that in Canada like you said and I I you know I don't know about other countries but I feel like you know Canada is really pushing that and, and really taking it in new interesting directions and um you know just really showing the positive benefits of of this of this whole thing and and yeah. you know like like yeah I, I would i would say i would say that the canada is the leader one of the leaders of hip-hop in community and mm-hmm. mental health mental wealth you know what i'm saying well-being mm-hmm. um and some of the most original styles of of uh, of yeah. of breaking you know yeah. like uh can't can't discount that you know like yeah. so like it's so like it's like with come with so much originality and style combined with like the heart of breaking, you know, like I think there's a lot of dope cats around Canada. I've met so many dope B-boys mm-hmm. and so many crews and I'm proud of what everybody's done across the country. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I guess this is a good time to kind of get into some of the, maybe the more details about the work that you do with say community and, so, mm-hmm. so some of the stuff that you did in Winnipeg was with Graffiti Gallery. Mm-hmm. I only know like a little bit about that, so maybe you can touch on that. And then the work that you do mm-hmm. with charity and uh, Unity Charity, and uh, you've done some stuff with yeah Blueprint, I think, right? Yeah. Um, uh, so you yeah, want to talk so, about that stuff? Yeah, for sure. Detail? Like in uh, in Winnipeg, uh, there was an organization called uh, Graffiti Art Programming, also known as Graffiti Gallery. Uh, they started in 1999. I joined them around 2007, 2008. And uh, as a breaking instructor, um, had a, had kind of a sense of what community work was, but not really through my art form, like, mm-hmm. and really didn't understand it at that point. But as I went into these communities uh, uh, in the north end of Winnipeg and working with some of these kids at the community centers, like walking away from like those breaking classes really left me with like, oh, I did something good today, you know, like some positive like shit to feel good about and just support the support these young people that don't really have nothing else to do around the uh, <laughs> around their neighborhood. So, so that's kind of like how I got into community work. I've worked for places like uh, the Merc, which is in the West End. Uh, I've worked with a lot of the youth. I did a circus camp as one of the only breakers amongst circus people uh and uh it's been uh it's one of those things i didn't expect to to be as a career for myself um and and as a direction and in 2012 i joined uh, blueprint for life and then uh, i went on one of my first northern trips and that was really amazing to experience to experience that and uh find value in giving back uh, to an isolated community, which they also do work in uh, the prisons across the country, the youth prisons, youth corrections too. So doing some of that work with Blueprint was really dope. It really opened my eyes to uh, to the culture, all the different cultures that some of these youth are uh, exposed to and uh, embedded in their blood and trying to find. And it really kind of like uh, helped me want to like learn more about my culture, like my Philippine culture too as well. So, so just really kind of like, that's what I've taken from it. And uh, it's been a dope ass experience. So between, uh, I worked at Graffiti Art Programming till 2016, I got, became the program director there for about four years before I had moved to Toronto. 
And then uh, once I moved to Toronto, just uh, knocked on Unity's door. I'm like, yo, y'all need work. And they just have they just happened to be hiring a, a national program director, uh, program manager. So um, I got I got linked into Unity and, and the rest is history. And mm-hmm. just like uh, just like the, the ways of like nonprofit and the way it works, just like working within the communities, but even managing like uh, a nonprofit or a charity organization is such a tricky thing mm-hmm. uh, uh, in balancing administration and doing the work. I'm more on the I'm more on the administrative side right now, but been in the front lines for for about like 10, 10 years, and it's been an amazing ride and great to share my talents and experiences, and also learn from all the experiences and the young people that I've uh, I've worked that I've worked with, and they've taught me a lot. So so like that's kind of like in a nutshell, um, I already and and just like giving them the chance to express themselves and. And learn something new you know it's really exciting but uh also being able to to take my learnings and bring it into different organizations like you bringing the things i learned from blueprint into unity and things i learned from unity to blueprint and such and and finding ways to work with uh with the artists and and uh that to create like specific pro adapted programming to whoever we're serving at that at that point it's uh it's a it's such an interesting um it's such an interesting like dive dive in to learn especially now as like as the the social climate of the world Mm -hmm. the black lives matter the bipoc you know indigenous like there's so much things to be mindful about and think about and if i can say this about any organization that's working in communities it's like everybody's trying their best to put their their feet forward to go into the to work with these communities closely Mm-hmm. and uh find best ways and safe ways to to bring programming to y'all and uh you know like uh it's been it's been really cool to to learn from everybody how to to continue this work you know so i'm i'm blessed and mm-hmm. i give props to anybody that gives back to their community in any way yeah i i think it kind of goes back a bit to you were mentioning like you know when you're teaching teaching breaking or whatever intermediate whatever advanced kind of stuff and everyone gets mm-hmm. to a point where like you've learned all this stuff and you've gotten to this certain level or whatever and like maybe you start looking more into like kind of yeah, introspective or this kind of thing or like why you're doing it or you start thinking about the mentality more and i really think like you know whether it's not just breaking like anything that you do at some point like the more you do it it stops mm-hmm. being about you and like only well how can this benefit me or what can i do for myself and it starts yeah. to like i guess you kind of figure that out and you're like all right i'm good and then you start branching out and you start to feel like you know this thing helped me so much or whatever whatever it is whatever your reason is like it helped me so much or it, mm-hmm. You know, for like you said, with a lot of people in Winnipeg, like they could have gone this way into like, yep. say, gangs or just bad stuff that that leads them down this other path that's not necessarily good, or they can yeah. go this way and it and it can take them into these positive things and and really help their lives and, and yeah, get them into these directions. But like, yeah, I think especially as you get older, you you start to look at like yeah how can i 
how can I share this? It's more about sharing and, and giving yeah. back and, and less about taking, right? You know? Yeah. And I think it's amazing. I think, and I think like, uh, our generation, and I, I include you in our generation of like perhaps yeah, the, yeah. Bigger, of the, the, the over 30s club, yeah, um, yeah. are more equipped now and realize like what we can and are willing to do for the community. Like, for example, you, you talking, you talking and digging deeper with some of these, uh, some of the, the breakers across Canada about their history and things like that and what it means to them, I think. Uh, because I think i like in the break, the breaking history in Canada is like so dope. I've followed it. I've seen mm-hmm. things change evolve. I've seen generations change it. And um, I think it's super dope to make sure that that is documented and it's not lost, you know, like things like freaking bag of clips on IG, like mm-hmm. you'll, you'll find like some of the rarest shit, but then the people you see on there, is your favorite b-boy's favorite b-boy you know yeah that kind of thing <laughs> and and but we can't i don't want to lose that because i i do come from those generations where some of the earlier cats like contents under pressure and dead reckoning and stuff all the way to like seeing boogie brats and and uh bag of tricks like i don't want that type of history to be lost and uh for uh and those generations to come and people that still are willing to give back to the community from those generations have that knowledge to be put forward and i think it's so important as as a canadian community to to continue to do that so props to you once again to for doing for doing this work and digging deep and trying to find answers because it's, it's really cool like some of the stories you'll find out from some of these middle school old school cats you know so yeah that's super for sure important. for sure yeah i think that's that's part of like you know why i wanted to do this is like Mm-hmm. there's so many there's so many people in canada that have well just in general not, not even just canada but you know canada sometimes like the stories don't get told or or whatever like mm-hmm. i don't know there's sort of there's always been this sort of underground feeling to it that the people that know know but exactly you know a lot of people yeah. a lot of people don't know so what's yeah. the best way to do it is like just just start getting these stories and getting people's histories and and just having a place for them to sort of like live i guess if it's mm-hmm. online or whatever um yeah. but like people if you let people talk like they got a lot of interesting things to share i think yeah just and i think people, uh yeah. yeah like like canada i think canada is literally in our own little bubble like we kind of <laughs> like we kind of like know the who's who's within canada Mm-hmm. And we don't even know if anybody knows anybody from Canada other than like the mm-hmm. most popular breakers in the world from Canada. So, uh, so it's, it's, a, I've been, and I've been living in that bubble for a really long time. And I like, it's a, it's a really dope, like, uh, history and culture that, and, uh, that I want to try and continue to cultivate and, and try and bring as much people together, um, uh, across the country as I can uh with uh with all the different initiatives you know so so i think uh i think it's really dope to to be influenced by canadians for canadians and do everything for that for for the scene mm-hmm. i think 
it's just what it is. That's that's what that's what my life has become at this point. To do that, <laughs> well, so know, it's a good time. I think that's a noble cause, you know. Mm -hmm. I just I've heard it so many times over the years. Like, you know, it's kind of like everyone loves Canada, but no one no one wants to like. What do you, well, how do you how do I put this? No one wants to like really like give them props <laughs> give us props <laughs> something like that like people you know people yeah I, I think part of it is is like a lot of the way that we we consider like what is valuable within the breaking community like as a whole yeah like what yeah. what do we value is like a lot of it is because it's built off of this like make a name for yourself and build this rep in the mm -hmm circle through battles and stuff like that so that's what obviously what people will value is like oh this person won this competition they did this this whatever whatever and like so they'll have that sort of whatever status but i think a lot of the stuff that goes on in canada like we kind of talked about is like building community building within your your own city and doing giving people positive like outlets to to express themselves or whatever or even just like kind of we talked about this before is like bridging these gaps within Canada itself of like because everyone's so spread out there's so many that's so rare that uh like people from across the country can come and yeah and build in their own within their own country and and meet these other people and like I think people in Canada have done a really good job of like trying to do that and trying to bring people together and like connect people. And I think that's such an important like job of, of breaking is like just bringing, bringing people together, whether it's in your own city or like, yeah. like if you think of a jam, that's what it is. It's like people come together mm -hmm. and like, you know, the, the competition is there and that's something that motivates people to train or whatever. But in the end, like for me, what really kept me going and made and makes me still want to do it is like the social aspect. You go to a jam and you you dance and stuff, but a lot of it is like just meeting up with old friends that you don't you don't see all the time. And, and you just get down in, in the circle. Yeah. With them and then after where you're like, yo, how you been? And you just yeah. catch up and stuff like that, like it's a yeah. gathering it's a it's a social gathering yeah it's, yeah. it's a social gathering which covid just killed but uh yeah, yeah. but i do remember i do say like i totally agree with you with uh with that and i and i did lie i i did like i lied to you i have been to america a few more times than what i just said it all started coming back to me because when you reminded me about like like uh gathering and and things like that and just like repping and i was like at, on the flip side of things of all the positivity like when we did go out like to compete like we repped our asses off like in mm -hmm. another country like uh, it was the americans like that really motivated me to to like uh to like go hard at them mm -hmm. like I, it was like whenever i battled an american or something like that there's a different motivation to like like destroy them you know like uh, yeah. as opposed to battling someone in canada mm -hmm. so like uh so like when 
like repping in the side. Like I've, I've, yeah, going to Outbreak and like even like Minnesota and and Seattle. Like I've been to Seattle, Seattle once. Mm-hmm. It was really dope. But just like really seeing the styles on the floor and seeing like, yo, we can hang with these guys. We can do this shit. Yeah, our styles, our styles better than uh, our styles better than like seventy percent of the people in the room. Like, <laughs> why, did, why are Canadians like so shy to do their their thing? You know, so yeah, yeah, it's just what it is. But uh, but yeah, like uh, peace, love, and happiness, but also war when it's time to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Americans, Americans always did that to me. Shout out to you, Americans, though, for motivating yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, and there's there's, no, something to be, there's something to be said about like, you know friendly friendly rivalries like you know sometimes yeah. i don't know it can depend on people's perspectives but like you know some people can be did like, you ever have a rival who's who's the who's the person that someone always said you should always battle this person oh like personal rival yeah <laughs> did someone i was like dude, this is your guy dude you always have to battle him all the time uh i don't think there was any like anything too serious or whatever but when i first started it just kind of happened this way for whatever reason. But there was a guy in Floorstorm. His name is Rich. Oh. Rich Raka. Okay. And just like we didn't hate each other or anything like that. But just we would meet each other in battles and stuff. And it would always be like he'd go and I would go or whatever. Something like that. Yeah. But it didn't happen too much. So like I never really had a <laughs> a real like rival rival. I don't know. But our crew definitely had, you know, NON to, to push us. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's NON. classic. Yeah, so like Vancouver, and at least in my generation, like NON was always mm-hmm. the ones. It was like us or NON uh, or Soul Fountains too. Yeah. Yeah. And then, wow. yeah, like Floorstorm too. But it, uh, the big rivalry, I think, was like us and NON. Oh, I guess it was like NON and any other crew in Vancouver, really, because they were like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they still are. They're, they're one of the top crews out there too yeah um when you're on top people must knock you down yeah and you know like but uh yeah go ahead <laughs> no 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 like i was listening i was just uh, saying i was just saying like yeah like when you're on top people want to knock you down and i was also going to say that that i don't even know if rival really really exists anymore in breaking these yeah. days like i'm not i don't really see like a hardcore like I'll fuck with those guys kind of type vibe with the new generation they're all pretty nice nice yeah you know like i think it's i can see it happening of... between east and west though mm. like if you really don't know somebody sorry go ahead yeah i think there's like yeah part of it is there's been a sort of mentality change and then part of it too sometimes like depending on the person i guess like if you want to make this a a job you can't be like you fuck you i don't like this guy it's kind of like you, you can't really burn any bridges or anything <laughs> like that, right? Um, yeah, whereas, yeah. like, w- before, when people weren't even thinking about, like, do- necessarily doing it as a job, like, it was just like, I don't care. Like, yeah, I'm going to do what I do. And if these people don't like it, then they don't like it. And I, whatever. I'll just go. I got a job here or whatever. I'll just do that. And, but I want to keep my breaking doing this, like, this way. But uh, now there's, like, more opportunities and stuff like that. So maybe that plays into it. But I would definitely agree like i don't know there's been a there's been a like mentality shift and yeah you know, who knows sure. whether it's a good whether it's positive or negative or it's neutral or who whatever um uh, yeah 
but you know people yeah, people no, can do whatever I, they want to do <laughs> i guess yeah at the end of the day and that's why like i like i like i see a lot of politics uh like over the olympics and things like that i'm like mm. yo man just it's another it's another lane let let the, yeah, let the yeah. ones that want to join the olympics it's like one jam every four years like why are you getting so hyped <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and it's it's not gonna i don't think it's gonna ruin the culture unless you well, like put so much negativity in it that it will really you'll you'll be the one contributing to the ruin ruinous yeah. of it I, but yeah i always think with you know with regards to the olympics and stuff like that like like you said it's once every four years and then like breaking lived through the 80s exploitation where yeah all of the misconceptions got started and like it's still around there's more yeah. people than well i don't know if there's more people but there's a lot of people who know like what it really is and then there's all the other people in the general population that like have this same 80s image of what it is but like you know it's survived it's still here it's still growing and like whatever happens with the olympics happens but you know people people who want it to go a certain way will take it in that direction and if it makes sense mm -hmm. and it it connects with people then it's going to stick around however it decides yeah. to stick around like you know if if people don't get anything out of the olympics like it's gonna die or it's gonna or it'll shift into something else and like you'll have i don't know sports breaking and then you just have breaking <laughs> right yeah that's like, exactly you it. you know Easy. you'll have jams and then you'll have like a competition and i but i think you know that kind of thing you need you need people pushing things in certain directions to know like where what is the limit where's the how far is too far like oh this is getting too far away from breaking we got to focus and figure out like what what is really what we feel mm -hmm. is really important and so then you push that so like maybe community culture yeah. starts getting talked about a yeah. lot more and then gets emphasized yeah. in events and stuff like that more and more but it's because something like say the olympics forced people to start thinking about this stuff or like yeah you know people talking yeah, about judging and and what's what's important what do you need to look at and now people are starting to think about a lot of like well what am i actually doing when i'm breaking and they're actually starting to think like deeper than yeah you just go out and do your thing and and feel it and this kind of thing you know like that's all well and good, <laughs> but, you know like if you want to push these things in certain directions or have it grow like you just got to start thinking about it more and more yeah um, and that's what it is all i gotta say is like yeah when i started we just had to break in a parking lot and there yeah. was no jam and there was no prize money and there's no judges it's just your pride mm -hmm. so it's come a long way so yeah. that's like uh I think uh, breaking would be different if we grew up in that generation when we were just starting out or something like that. Maybe we would be breaking a lot differently. But I think uh, every every generation, every era should be proud of where what they've laid down, laid the bricks down for the future generation. Mm -hmm. Just let them be, you know, like and then support it in what way you can, and uh, hopefully it will. This is this kind of like. Uh, exposure to to the general media again will kind of bring it back to to the communities and continue to 
to shed light on this culture. So I think there's a, there's a lot of different ways you can take it. It's up to the ind individual of how they want to go about it at this point. Or you can just yeah. be mad forever and keyboard warrior it all day, all night. Okay, though you go do your thing, you know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it doesn't help that everyone's kind of like at home all the time and yeah, it's such a weird thing. Right <laughs> yeah, like the internet at your f fingertips, and that's a whole other like story to get into. Is like you know what is the internet kind yeah. of doing to people and stuff like that? And, yeah, the internet and this isolation. And isolation. Like I have like a little three foot area to like try and do a move. But yeah, yeah, it's just so hard to like break these days. So yeah, I don't know. I just hope, I just wish everybody well, and hopefully everybody's doing doing okay during this time. Because now it's all just about sitting around and dreaming about breaking. You yeah, know, because yeah. like some of us can't even practice properly. Yeah, but that's you know that's one of one of the things that I thought about in recent years too. Of like, you know, you can you can do breaking, or you can. I guess it's me personally, like I've moved more into like, I just like movement and interesting, like, yeah, just movement. And it's not necessarily like breaking. Yeah. Right. And I guess part of that is just my personal influences, like meeting people like, uh, like Emmanuel and, and Ilan and, and from like Tentacle Tribe and um just the people in vancouver that i dance with and like our group oro and, and stuff like that and yeah. meeting people just from different communities and, and whatever so it's gotten me interested in just like moving, yeah, moving and not necessarily breaking so like you know maybe that's a good opportunity for people like they have limited space how does their style change in that <laughs> space and like that's a challenge to overcome like and that's like the creativity right like I always think creativity is a yeah. response to some kind of problem, whether you create that problem for yourself to solve of like, mm -hmm. you know, I want to be an original B-boy or B-girl. Like, that's a problem that you're trying to solve. How do I do something that's different than all these people? And that's like super vague, mm -hmm. but whatever. But it could be something like I have no space to do like footwork. So how does my style, how do I adapt my style to the current environment that it's in and like yeah that's something that i think especially with say like ciphers and stuff like that like you know you can practice in this giant practice space and do all these crazy things but if you're in a circle it's a different environment and like you can't do the same yeah. stuff that you could do in that in that environment so how do you adapt it to this smaller space yeah and like you know sometimes it's like the first time I stepped into a circle, I was like, oh, man, this kind of sucks. Like, I can't do any of this stuff that I normally do. <laughs> so right? Yep. And then you, but then you just kind of learn to adapt and shift things and like, all right, well, I can't do this full combo because I'm if I keep doing it, I'm going to smack this guy in the face. Like, all right, I got to cut it short and then just do something else and then and whatever. Like, you yeah. know, it's a big part is like adapting. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a beautiful dance, you know, mm -hmm. like. I was like, uh, you just, you, but your conversation just reminded me of like people getting injured in my crew and uh, adapting. Like I remember Arthur, B-Boy7, he had a broken hand. And so he was for like a month and a half, he was breaking with one arm. Then his style looked exactly like Arthur's style, but with one armed and he's moving just as fast. So it was like mm -hmm. super trippy. And then yeah. Dark like shattered his elbow. So he had one of those cast like 
here to here. He's like, <laughs> he didn't, he didn't break in it though. But then like, I think he's the one of the guys that got injured the most in the crew. Oh, that man. yeah, he always had to have a comeback. But like having that drive to like adapt and try and like come back, um, mm. come back from injury, is, uh, is is something else. But yeah, I totally agree with with the creative problem solving. Yeah, yeah. I know uh, Kyle, Kyle, Kyle's style. He mentioned that it was like a, it's like a maze. Like he put himself in the most awkward, weird position. He's like, how do I get out of this? You know? Yeah, and there you go. go. Again. And I think that's how you learn your body. Mm-hmm. Um, like so many, like there's a lot of people in my crew like have so many different styles and ways of thinking to mm-hmm. their styles. And mm-hmm. you think to it's like, oh, yeah, you're right. You know, like if you just put yourself in a fucked up position, like, okay, how, how many ways can I get out of this? you know yeah. so so yeah like so like i totally agree with the creativity and f- trying to find a way but i think for me specifically because i'm just older mm-hmm. and it's hard to get motivation when you're just when you're older now it's just like uh i try and i was like i can't even break i have like work tomorrow and like <laughs> just like <laughs> that's a, and that's like the real life shit that people go through it's like oh man yeah. i gotta pay the bills and you gotta go to work yeah, uh, yeah but, so but even that even that is like mm-hmm you know, your maybe it's not the physical environment that's changed, but it's like your life environment, your 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 like relationships and yeah. work and this kind of thing that's changed. And sometimes yeah. it's like, okay, well now how do I how do I adapt that? Because I'm you know, I'm I guess anyone who's gets older and they have more responsibilities mm-hmm. and stuff like that, just stuff changes, right? And so, you know, it's like if you want to keep doing this thing you want to let's say you want to keep breaking like how do you adapt it to be able to fit your new new lifestyle or whatever mm-hmm. and it's like i guess in that in a lot of ways would start to be more about mental men, the mental side of like uh and it kind of gets into what i was talking about with like the longer you go the more you start to kind of think about say community or whatever but like yeah, you know the the status game of like chasing to be like the best dancer or whatever. Like, it's like oh, what do you call it? There's like a zero sum game. Like, there's only one person who can be the best, right? And yeah. <laughs> even if they're incredible, they're only gonna be there for a certain amount of time, and then someone else yeah. is gonna overtake them. Enough. And there's yeah. only one who can do that. But something yeah. like say building community and giving back or or whatever like that brings everyone up right that's like a yeah for sure whatever what's the opposite of zero sum game <laughs> a positive sum game. Like, like everyone benefits from that um yeah. but you know even like this is my personal experience of like you know i'm getting older and stuff is starting to like you start to feel the wear and tear a bit more yeah. and uh and it's like i've had to change my approach to things and like i don't have necessarily the time or the motivation to do to sit there and like create a bunch of new things all the time or or even train like super hard to win a battle or go far in a battle or something like that so like now it's just kind of for me personally it's just like i i just do it to to move around and, and enjoy moving and then just enjoy yeah. connecting with music and stuff like that. And I'm sure a lot of people have that same sort of experience. Yeah. Yeah. Like the fire, the fire goes, you know, like, a, like the wanting to be like the best, like 
and just smoke somebody. It's like you just come to a point where it's just like I have nothing really to prove anymore. Like I don't yeah, exactly. care if I lose. Yeah, yeah. But then you do enjoy dancing. You do enjoy breaking with your crew and stuff. You know, mm-hmm, like it's mm-hmm. it's that stuff that you miss. Mm-hmm. But the whole motivation to even break is like it's it's really difficult to kind of pull it out of you. Like because mm-hmm. when you're young, you can just like coin drop without stretching, and now <laughs> it's just like yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like and you know like it's just you. It's hard to turn it on like uh, mm-hmm. as you get older, you know. But uh, mm-hmm. I'm I'm, for, I'm turning 41 this year, and yeah. uh, I think one of my last years of like actively competing was like. 2014 like 34 years old like so that says that's that's kind of like where i kind of i said to myself 35 i'm gonna retire Hmm. like because like i think on myself and what i need to do to to just be a good human being in this world and uh Hmm. and um you know like if you're if you're not the best by the time you're 35 or not like that because there's a ton of people that are the best like you better start thinking and priorities are as mm-hmm. uh, as you move forward, because uh, I mean, th- and and there's a lot of ways to stay in the hip hop game and and breaking, whether it's through throwing competition or giving back to the community. Like, there's other things you can do with this dance and what you've learned from it. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, there is. I agree with you. There is a there is a place. There is a point where like like it's it's a, if you're if you're not even just being the best like. Winning competition and to competition is a, that's a hard that's a hard gig to as a as a career. So yeah. like really trying to apply yourself into a lot of different directions mm-hmm. and in what you've learned from this dance. It's hard to be the best. Yeah, and it's just like priorities change and and your mentality and your thinking about the dance will change and and over time. And that's totally natural. Yeah. Yeah, it is natural. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's why, like, with my crew, I'm just like, yo, man, like, if you're not trying to be the best, then try and find a way to apply what you learn. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, like, shout out to my crew; they're doing their thing. You know, mm-hmm. as long as you're happy, that's at the at the end of the day. As long as you're happy with what you're doing, then nobody you can't complain about everything, anything. Yeah. As long, yeah. long as you're happy with what you, so it's, it's all like good. shift shift that mentality into different avenues you <laughs> can't be the best uh dancer but you can be the best like mom or dad or something like that or you can be the best like um yeah whatever your job is or something like that just shift it into that and just kind of like relish in the in the memories that you have of battling you know like i think everybody at one point had like a dope ass battle or a, mm. some one of the hypest battles they've ever been in and not a lot of not a lot of people in their lifetime will even experience that kind of excitement it's very true, just yeah. like winning or having the heart to go all the way you know like mm-hmm. like uh and the and the moments not just like the actual competitions or the battles but in the in-betweens that you're hopping on a plane with your friend and talking mad shit and mm-hmm. or going on that long ass drive like those are the memories that you make and i i think a lot of people this dance dance this dance has blessed us with the ability to like travel and meet new people across the country and speak a language where you can show up in any country and be like, yo man, I'm a breaker. I need a place mm-hmm. to stay or show me where yeah. the practice is. Yeah. You know, like uh like that kind of vers- versatility within the within our culture. Like it it's blessed a lot of us to like experience the world, you know. And mm-hmm. I think that's super dope, like yeah. in itself. So that's why I like continuing to teach and let people know like, yo man, there's a lot to do out there. Mm-hmm. I remember going to IBE like in 2012 
I was like, fuck, I should have done this shit 10 years ago. <laughs> Remember I told you like, yo, I, su- I support everything in Canada. And then when I went go to like ID level, like competition, I was like, man, if I came here when I was like 24, I'd be like the shit right now. <laughs> but it's so, I'm so old. <laughs> like, I'm really 32. I'm so old to like see this now. I should have saw this like 10 years ago or something. Yeah, so yeah. in some, in some cases I regret like going to more international competitions, but I am proud with, uh, the network and the people that I've met within Canada, because yeah. I think it's important to really just set the set the foundation so Canadians mm-hmm. can like come up properly, mm-hmm. you know. So, but yeah, like had exciting times like battling uh, throughout the years, mm-hmm. smoking people getting smoked. Yeah. I was a fire. I was a fiery one in my twenties back in the day. A lot yeah. of yelling and swearing. Now <laughs> I'm just super chill. Yeah. <laughs> super chill. But it's like people got to go through, they go through stages and stuff, right? So it's all good. Yeah, it's all good, yo. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that's maybe a good spot to to cut it for now. And hopefully sure. sometime down the road, we can, we can have another chat and share some more stories or just get into other. Some, there's a lot of stuff that like we were getting into just now that I want to go into a little deeper. But uh you know, that'll probably lead us down like another yeah. hour or whatever, I think. Yeah, so, a little rabbit hole. Like, yeah, exactly. Trust me, so. I know. I, I, like, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I talk a lot. I preach a lot about breaking. And, you know, I, I like to go deep with a lot mm-hmm. of thoughts of like how people think mm-hmm. about it, you know. So thank you for letting me share some of my thoughts on your, on yeah. your webcast, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and hopefully down in the future, like I said, we can do it again and just have it be a little more because now we got the history out of the way and we can just get into talking about random stuff that's uh that's interesting to us or that's relevant to the times or whatever yeah dope dope yeah man shout out to razzy dlp feet and all the west coast and shout outs to my crew dangerous goods maximum efficiency winter massive unity charity blueprint uh, my wife virginia artstherapy.ca if you need some therapy yeah and uh yeah everybody else out there big shout outs to to all the canadians fucking we're dope let's keep it moving. <laughs> yeah we're all dope. agreed all right uh thanks everybody for listening and watching and uh and supporting the channel and the podcast and stuff like that so and thank you bob for for taking the time to yeah share your story it was really good and uh if anyone doesn't know about him now you know and like he's one of the one of the people that i think you know is part of canadian breaking history that you should know about him everyone should know about him so yeah thank you appreciate it all right well we'll catch everyone later all right peace thanks everyone for listening If you like what you heard, please consider supporting on my Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash RazzyF2. That's R-A-Z-Z-Y-F-2. This also goes towards supporting my YouTube channel where I make tutorials and discussion videos. And you can find that at www.youtube.com slash RazzyF2, R-A-Z-Z-Y-F-2. Supporting on Patreon puts your name in the credits of the videos as a supporter, gives you access to a private Discord server where you can connect with fellow members, and gives you access to the full video versions of each podcast. I also offer private coaching there, so if that's something you're interested in, it's available. 
Once again, thank you for listening and look forward to the next one. Peace. <laughs>